Welcome everybody to this week's episode of The Storyboard, where we share industry news, tell you what to watch when you've seemingly watched everything online because you've been in quarantine for three weeks, <laughs> and give you a preview of next week's movie, The Outsider. Nope. The, the Insider. Nope. The Fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. It's Magnolia. Oh, right. Not the outsider, not the insider, not the fugitive, but Magnolia. But Magnolia. (laughs) Right. And now for the news. It's all the same. (laughs) That's Brett's way of of saying, please send help. (laughs) I haven't finished The Outsider yet. You haven't really? No, because there's like two weeks left, right? Two episodes left for you. No, just one. Just, just the okay. finale. Okay. Just the finale. Oh, man. So instead of The Fugitive next week, we're going to just review the last episode of Outsider, but only <laughs> the last one, and that's it. <laughs> that is untrue. <laughs> also, the third and fourth episodes of Briar Patch, and yeah, right. <laughs> just like my entire queue so that I don't watch a movie next week. Yeah, right. Exactly. Or this week. That is true. But we do have to watch movies this week and or whatever week because we... <laughs> <laughs> First of all, have nothing else to do. Nope. Second of all, we have a new theme coming up. We do. So, uh, I am just, I think we're both very excited about this theme. It's great. It's been a weird, it's been a weird month already. Mm -hmm. Not because of the movies we watched, but just because of the world. Yeah. Uh, So, we're going to, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, And we've decided to do um, Nicholas Coppola movies. Nicholas Coppola. (laughs) Or as his stage name would be called. Nicholas Cage. Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Yes, we're going to do the very best of Nick Cage movies. Uh, and by the very <laughs> the, best. The very subjective best of Nick Cage movies. And by the very best, we mean the very cagiest of Cage. Yes. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe so, that's our theme. Some of the most Nick Cage. Yeah. As, as Nick Cage as Nick Cage can get. Yeah, I would say pretty close. Yeah. So we're, we're starting off with, uh, with Raising Arizona. Yes. Which I guess you should more talk about because I've never seen it. Right. Classic. It's, you know, really, it was the Coen Brothers' second movie outside of Blood Simple, but this is the one that really announced them onto the scene as, like, promising filmmakers. Uh, it stars Nick Cage and Holly Hunter. They steal a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, and as I described this movie to you off mic, this movie starts at, like, an 8 and goes to a 14. Awesome. Um. There awesome. are motorcycles, and uh, it's it's a it's delightful. This sort of seems like the Hangover meets Thelma and Louise. It kind of is, <laughs> and it predates both of those movies. Yeah. Both of those movies are pulling a little bit from from okay. this. Okay, um, maybe yeah. It's it's Holly Hunter and Nick Cage in particular are, are really really fun in it. Okay, well the next the next I'll announce the next two because the next two are some of my favorite all time movies, and by that I mean like. All-time favorite, like, it's Saturday afternoon, and I have nothing to do, and FX is on, or AMC is on, and these movies are on. I'm absolutely sitting down and watching them, because it's so fun. Uh, The next one we're doing is The Rock, yeah, starring Nick Cage and Sean Connery, amongst many other. Ed Harris, as well, is in that movie. Sweet. And Ed Harris holds captive the city of San Francisco for a big old... Uh, weapons attack and so they have to break Sean Connery out of jail who's in <laughs> Alcatraz or no break get they get Sean Connery out of jail and then they go have to break into Alcatraz to disarm all the weapons so that Nick Cage awesome. Sean Connery that next the week after that we're doing Con Air 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Starring uh, Nick Cage, of course, and uh, uh, John Malkovich and John Cusack. And, yeah. Uh, 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 Dave Chappelle, I think, is in that I've movie. I've never seen either of these movies. Con so. Air is about a, a, a an army vet who comes back. And and he is he's really in the South. He is has a great really great accent, uh, the <laughs> oh, Nick Cage accent. Oh boy, he's got uh, some hair in that movie. He's too. got some long, good long hair. And uh, he he uh, the first night back from 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 his leave or whatever, he's out to a bar with his wife. Some people try to mug his wife. He then accidentally kills one of them. He goes to prison. Now, flash forward to the end of his sentence. Uh, he has one last trip to like fly back from his high max security prison, but he's on a plane full of all of the worst of the worst and things go awry and they hijack nice. the plane and nice. he becomes con air. <laughs> so that's the third one. And what's Great. What are we bringing us home with, with Nick Cage? Um, the next one is a movie I also have never seen, but have only had described to me as it's a movie called face off. Where they literally take their faces off. (laughs) (laughs) Which is Nick Cage and John Travolta swapping faces. uh, And becoming each other. And becoming each other, which is just such, is going to have such a great meta theatrical context viewing this in 2020. Uh, (laughs) Because then they fight each other as each each other. other. (laughs) Right, it's John Travolta playing Nick Cage playing John Travolta. Yeah. Is that how it works? <laughs> Fighting against the op- polar opposite. Oh, it'll be fun. That'll be fun. Maybe if we have extra time, maybe we can pair one of them with the fanatic. <laughs> maybe we pair face off and the fanatic together. Okay. Maybe. We'll let you know. <laughs> we'll see how crazy this quarantine thing gets. Right. <laughs> now, we wanted to change it up and do something like just kind of fun and lighthearted. So that is our theme for April. Uh, the cagiest of cage. The cagiest Since of we're cage. all in cages. Yeah, precisely. Just made that up right now on the spot. Nice. Thanks. All right. Way to go. News. What you got for news? Um, My news is very simple in that there's not a whole lot of news right now yeah. other than the fact that the, uh, the coronavirus pandemic has shut everything down. Mm-hmm. AMC, Regal, and Cinemark announced this week that they will all be closing their theaters effective immediately yeah. um, for a minimum of four weeks and, you know, a maximum of indetermined. Yeah. Um, thankfully, those those companies seem to be at least doing right by their subscribers. Those of us that are subscribed to the AMC package um got an email today that said our memberships are being paused and not being charged oh good i was wondering i haven't seen any of that regal is doing the same thing um i believe cinemark is doing the same thing as well yeah Yeah. i right otherwise they lose their subscribe subscriptions yeah right um and then they become movie pass (laughs) it's yet it's yet to be disclosed what they're doing with their employees Mm. um but this is in light of all of the major releases also being pulled i mean we we talked last week about no time to die being pushed back they just pulled the scarlett johansson marvel movie whatever character she plays black widow um just got pulled and is getting pushed is getting mulan um the Fast and the Furious movie got delayed till next to spring. Yeah, A Quiet um, Place 2. Over a year delay. Yeah, so uh, we are in uncharted territories. We really are. It's, it's insane reading all of that. Like, And then the ramifications of next year's like TV right. schedule. Well, and, and, and like, movie schedule. 
right all of the all of the the productions that are happening right now are also on pause right mission impossible got shut down they were supposed to shoot for three weeks in italy that's not, not happening happen yeah um so mission impossible got shut down there was another one i read today that got shut down as well that i was really surprised um but i forget it's, it it's, it's myriad of of them all. Yeah, there was one that I was that a TV show that was like this might not get a season finale because they were in the middle of like filming the, the tail end of their season and have to stop. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. That is insane. But we're in a you know of all times in the world for us to be trapped in our homes. We are uh, in a great place with all of the streaming options and all of the you know stuff that is this wide breadth of content already. And I read this interesting article about. And then I'll get to my news, uh, which is also kind of my news is like on pause anyway. Yeah. Uh, this interesting article about what these mo- how this might shape the future of movies, mm-hmm. because these these studios who have these films done and ready could release them straight to a streaming service. They could or straight to an on demand service and said, hey, for 20 bucks, you can see no time to die at home. And there's still everyone's going to still pay 20 bucks to see the new Bond movie or well, whatever. And it. But the, yes, sorry, continue, and then I'll comment. It was specifically aimed toward what Disney could do with Mulan. Sure. Because of everyone, they, Disney already released Frozen 2 to their streaming service a couple of, I think, three weeks or a month in advance. That was uh, on Disney Plus now as of last weekend. And so they're like, with Mulan, they could absolutely make a paid thing, and everyone who's, all of the kids are home from school, everyone... They would make a killing. I mean, parents would pay that money. I'm not saying I want that, and I'm not saying that's good for film. Uh, but it, if companies and distributors start doing that kind of thing, it could shape the overall future landscape of movies. It certainly could. I think they are unlikely to do that. I hope so. Um, for a couple reasons. The first being finances. Regardless of the price point, even if you set it at $40, that's still less than bringing your family of four to the movie. Good call. But um, would more people do it, the people who are against going out to seeing a movie because they're like, I'll just wait till it's on demand, would would you then garner those those group of people into Probably not, because mm-hmm. they're still going to wait till it's on demand. Right. Why do I pay? I can wait six months and it'll be... Exactly. Uh, and so that's, yeah. that's the detriment in that business model sure. is people are like, wait, I'm already paying for this service. Mm-hmm. Why would I pay more for a movie that's going to be here in just a little while? That's a good call. Um, and so I, I, it's why, you know, Paramount was talking about how, why they are not going to release any of their movies in that way is because they stand to lose a ton of money. Mm -hmm. Um, because exactly for that reason, because even at, even at $20, yes, that's more than a single movie ticket, but it's not more than two. Right. Um, and it's not more than Paramount's take home on two. True. Um, so I, I think it's unlikely Unless the unless the movie theater unless this this virus lasts a lot longer than we anticipate, mm-hmm. and the movie theaters fold, mm-hmm. um, because they're still for profit companies, <clears throat> excuse me, and they are uh, unlikely to continue paying rent on buildings that they are unable to put people into. Sure. Um. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Out it is there. crazy. Um. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. 
That's great. I think that's cool. It's a good, interesting conversation to have. My news is that uh, HBO is working on a Last of Us series adaptation. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So The Last of Us is a video game uh, that was a straight to PlayStation 4 release when PlayStation 4 uh, came out. And it's widely regarded as one of the best video games ever. It's great. Um, Yeah. It's it's been so good. They're making a Last of Us 2 coming out soon, but it's a... You know, it's it's a it's a one of the zombie survival games, but it focuses less on the like zombie elements and more about like the 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 human aspect of it. It's sort right, of like survival. What, yeah, it's sort yeah. of like what Walking Dead does for that genre. Um, and the whole opening of the video game, the the first game, you're just like like I remember the first time I watched it. It was so cinematic that it like brought me to tears. It was so well acted and so well done, and the music and all of that. And I, and I was like, oh my god, this is just. The opening of the damn game. This is like, I just feel like I just watched a movie. So it's great that it's finally getting an adaptation. And it's great that it's a series, not a movie. And what's also great is that it's from Craig Mazin, who did Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. So sure. that is also exciting to me because the sort of grittiness and whatnot that Chernobyl has will be great for The Last of Us. And I think it's it's going to be on HBO, which again, that type of show style outsider you know game of thrones all those like that fits well with that too all right well that's the news ron burgundy it's your turn (laughs) yes what's your news ron yeah ron are you is ron even in production anymore no No, he's working from home ron's working from home okay here's ron from his home office well for all of us here at channel 4 news i'm ron burgundy you stay classy san diego and thanks for stopping by but mainly stay classy Welcome to this week's edition of Streaming in the Buff. Oh shit, I forgot about my thing. I have to come up with a with a, a song. With a song. Uh, <laughs> streaming in the buff. We're streaming in the buff. Yes, we're streaming. Don't stop believing. Don't stop the streaming. Hey. There, there you go. There you go. All right. Uh, I'll keep moving forward. Where we <laughs> tell you what to watch since you've blown through all of the online and things to watch since you've been in quarantine. Was that pretty right? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty close. It we was like took, hours ago. Yeah, we kind of took a break <laughs> in the middle of this. So <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, yes. So my streaming rec is on Netflix. It is a documentary called The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Um, okay. It is a, I don't know, eight or ten part documentary series. Uh, and... Uh, my 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 recommendation comes with a warning, with a content warning, that it is not for everybody because it is uh, a, a, about a child abuse case uh, of torture and death, and wow. it is very 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 difficult to watch at times, uh, but very good f- uh, documentary filmmaking and and um, and really powerful and moving. It's based on the case that happened in 2017 in L.A. County, or I don't remember what county, but in L.A. Uh, where there was an eight-year-old boy who was uh, found dead in the apartment, well, uh, found not breathing uh, in in their in this 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 home, and the cops were called. They they upon arrival, uh, the parents tell them that the the boy was playing with the with his brothers, stepbrothers, and sisters, and fell and hit his head, uh, and that's why he's not breathing. Upon arrival, the cops. Uh, the the paramedics find that there are cigarette burns on his body. There are chunks of hair missing. Uh, he has handcuff marks around his feet and ankles mm. and hands. Um, 
and uh, and it is really horrific what else else uh, gets uncovered. Um, they upon they, he makes it to the hospital uh, upon examination of the nurses, they find that his uh, his skull is fractured in multiple places. He has bruising all over. He has burns. He has uh, a BB in his face. Oh my um, gosh. And uh, then, you know, he, he um, of course, passes away in the hospital. And upon the autopsy, they find cat litter in his stomach. Oh, my God. Um, it's horrific. It is absolutely fucking awful and horrific. And uh, and so this was a, a sort of um, uh, a case that was um, uh, in, in a smaller county and didn't get a lot of press until these people of this small uh, community news hear about it. It makes front page. It starts escalating and you start to realize, and this is where the documentary comes in. You know, we find all this stuff out in the first episode, right? So the the whole rest of the documentary is there were four social workers and police officers that all had been called to their house beforehand. Why the fuck didn't they stop it? Why the fuck didn't they see what was wrong? Sure. And so uh, it's a case, you know, the the name is a really great name, The Trials of Gabriel uh, Fernandez, because it is... um, it is the the trials that Gabriel himself went through, and also the court cases that were then ensued. Um, they charged the the stepfather in murder one, and they charged the uh, mother in murder one, and then they also bring charges against four social workers for uh, the the injustices, willful negligence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the the I won't give any more away outside of that because then the rest of it is court court hearings uh, following the the prosecuting um, cow uh, attorney. <clears throat> And his journey through all of this and uncovering these, we find there might have been some um, police uh, hiding of things from the police. We find there might have been hiding of things from the the social agency, um, social services. So it is very good. There are times that are very difficult to watch, but you kind of feel, you know, the idea behind making this documentary was Gabriel needs a voice. Yeah. And we need to stop this from ever happening again. And uh, that's why I suggest it. So it's all on Netflix. Ten part. Uh, maybe eight part hour long episodes. It's very good. It's heavy, but it's yeah, good. no kidding. It's worth watching. Um, my recommendation uh this week is on HBO. Okay, it's a little known series called The Sopranos. Oh, <laughs> Soprano. <laughs> uh, I have never seen it. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen like bits and pieces, like because it was ending kind of while you and I were in college, right? Um. And so, like, Matt, I had a roommate that was into it and would watch it. And then occasionally I would watch a part of an episode or whatever, but never watch the whole thing. Uh, so I've started from the beginning. Yes. Um, and it's awesome. Good. <laughs> it's a really good show. <laughs> it holds up. It's like, yeah. Good. Uh, you know, especially, you know, the intro of the show, at least in the first season, maybe it changes later. But the intro of the first show is driving down the turnpike uh, in mm. Jersey. And I was like, oh, I used to pass that every day <laughs> yeah um and i know exactly like what part of jersey they're in uh-huh. um and so it's 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 fantastic james gandolfini is is really really great um as is lorraine bracco and, and edie falco mm. um and we know edie falco was in that okay. oh yeah i've you, never seen you've never no? seen it mm-hmm. okay same similar reason yeah. it was laid on and i was like i need to i can't watch it and see right it, i mean it started when we were in fifth grade or yeah. whatever so right and I haven't come um, back yet. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is really, really good. Edie Falco plays. Um, uh, I, I don't know her character's name yet, which is terrible. But James Gandolfini's wife, Tony Soprano's wife. Um, and it's really interesting mm. so far. 
the um at least the the storytelling dynamic that's been set up so far in the episodes that I've seen uh are Tony Soprano who's mob boss of Jersey um is getting therapy um and so it's framed as him talking to his therapist who is Lorraine Bracco mm. uh who's Karen from Goodfellas mm-hmm. um and then like unpacking his life through that and you like cut away to different things that happen in his life or flashbacks or vignettes, or he tells her about something and then goes and does a different thing or whatever it may be. Okay. So it's not entirely flashback. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Um, it, but it, it is like the, the spinal narrative. Like you keep coming back to this point as a way to move through the story. Okay. Uh, at least through the episodes I've seen. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's my recommendation. Uh, as, as I don't know if I said it on this podcast or not, maybe I did this week. Um, or maybe I say it next week. This is the this is the test, right? You have all of this extra time. Are you really gonna watch that drama hour long drama mm-hmm. series you said you always would watch if you had more time? Right now you have more time. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly right. So I started Sopranos this weekend. That's good. Yeah, that that's like Sopranos and The Wire are my two big like dramas that I've never seen. That everyone's like, "What the fuck is wrong sure. with you?" Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So it was Sopranos on HBO and yep. Ga- uh, Trials of Gabriel Fernandez on uh, on on Netflix. All right. Well, we come to the end of this segment. Wash your hands. Don't yes. cough on people. Stop licking doorknobs. Yes. Please, uh. <laughs> please stop licking doorknobs. You know. Stay safe. Yes. Join us for the following previews. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a line to you from an opera. I want you to give me that line back in the language in which the opera was originally written. And for a bonus 250, uh, you can sing it. I'm Stanley Spector. There is the story of a boy genius. Willa Catherine, Thomas Kidd, Jean-Baptiste Poclamelier. And the game show host. I'm Jimmy Gator. Live from Burbank, California. First question for 25. This French playwright and actor joined the Bejar troupe of actors. And the ex-boy genius. I'm Chris Donnie Smith. I used to be smart, now I'm just stupid. There is the story of the dying man. I'm Earl Partridge. I have a son, you know. You do? Uh, find him. I'm Frank T.J. Mackey. His lost son. What did he say? Because I am not going to take care of him. What does he want? And the dying man's wife. I'm Linda Partridge. I took care of him through this, Alan. What now, then? Me and him. Do you understand? There's no one else. No one else. The caretaker. Hello. I'm Phil Parma. See, this is uh, the scene of the movie where you help me out. And there is the story of a mother. I'm Rose Gator. You come home soon after the show. I love you. Love you, too. And the daughter. I'm Claudia Wilson Gator. Now that I've met you, would you object to never seeing me again? And the police officer in love. I'm Officer Jim Curring. My life is very stressful, and I'd hope to have a relationship that is very calm and undemanding and loving. So if you are this person, please leave me a message at box number 82. And this will all make sense in the end. This is not an easy job. I have to take everything and play as it lays. Sometimes people need a little help. Sometimes people need to be forgiven. And that is a very tricky thing on my part, making that call. But you can forgive someone, well that's the tough part. 
what can we forgive? Is that unclear? Kind of. God. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Storyboard. Be sure to join us next week on Monday, whatever that date is, for for Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia, the first PTA movie we've done on this podcast. Right. That is uh, March 23rd. March 23rd. Yep. Listen, I haven't left my house in seven weeks. (laughs) That's not true. I know. But by the time... That's what it feels like. Yeah, it's true. Well, and what's great is, you know, we want to give you a fair warning. It's going to be a little longer of an episode because the movie itself is... Three hours and eight minutes. Yep. So it's a longer movie and and it's packed full of everything. It's, you know, so... Uh, but what the good news and about I have that, a tendency to get really excited. <laughs> yeah. And it's a bad cocktail mix because I also enjoyed it. So when both of us are excited. And also hadn't seen it. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, yeah. but the good news about all that is uh, what the fuck else are y'all doing right now? Yeah. Listen to our long ass podcast and stop bitching and moaning about how long our podcasts are. You have nothing else to do <laughs> but sit at home and clean and put your goddamn podcasts on. We love you. Stop licking doorknobs. <laughs> you, of course, can follow us if you get bored on Facebook and Instagram at Movies in the Buff. You can email us at watchingmoviesinthebuff at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Buff Movies. You can find us on our website, moviesinthebuff.buzzsprout.com. That's an easy way to spread. I don't want to say spread. <laughs> it's an easy way to pass it. No, I can't say that either. It's an easy way to market our podcast to other people. <laughs> <laughs> who may inform not... make aware yes exactly open In... their eyes and ears yes without having to use an app on your phone or you know, so many people are like what are podcasts i don't know well go to this website and you can just click play and yep. there we are and it starts and we are there and uh yeah and of course everyone stay safe and stay sane and call people get in touch watch movies listen to podcasts and uh until until monday take it to the baby town I'm afraid. Hilda, I'm no good at being noble, but it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. Someday you'll understand that. Ah, no. He's looking at you, kid.